Hi folks, this is Bob Main and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 617. Today's January 22nd, 2023. Thanks for tuning in. That opening music. People have been asking me about that. That's Ozark Revival and it's called You Ain't Getting My Guns. Anyway, this week I want to analyze your concealed carry system or analyze my concealed carry system. And when I analyze it and talk about it, it's a whole system. When I do that, you might get something out of it and it might create some, you know, impetus for you to check your system and figure out what works best and what does not work best. I do want to say this first. Many of you saw the Facebook post I put out about a week ago stating that on the 12th of February, I'm going to make a decision whether to continue to do this show or not. Um, And I, I have not canceled this show. I have not made a decision yet to cancel the show. I'm kind of questioning what is left to do. I've been doing this a little over 13 years. I started in August of 2009. Uh, Almost 6 million downloads and 617 episodes now and I'm just sitting back thinking what is it that is left to do for me? I would like to hear your feedback on that. I hope you enjoy your show or this show. Hope you enjoy my podcast and and every episode. If you do, I'd like to hear, even if you don't enjoy it, uh, if it's if it's lately not been something that you've been getting much out of, you know, then maybe you're not listening. I don't know. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. I don't mind continuing to do this show if it's relevant. What I don't want to do is I don't want to repeat myself. I don't like repetition, although some people gave me a comment saying that repetition is actually a good thing sometimes and yes it is it's a good thing to be reminded and you know of what you need to do and and repetition is one of the key steps in the learning process for sure I just don't want to sound like a broken record and uh, I'm just wondering if you still get value out of this show and by the way if you do i'd like to get some patreon support so i can continue paying the bills Uh, i don't have any sponsors anymore i did have advertisers that were paying a little bit to advertise that's all done now so this is completely a listener supported show and it's been something that has been fantastic for me this this show had a major impact on my life it changed my life doing this this show and some of you have been listening since the beginning since 2009 thank you i i want to offer a sincere heartfelt thank you to everybody who's been listening to me period especially those who contact me and say bob i started listening to you from the beginning or almost the beginning wow through 617 episodes it's unbelievable and to all my patreon supporters thank you all the shooters club members that are members of the exclusive site and content that i produce with ben branham from modern self-protection thank you thank you to all of you 
it's been fantastic. So if you want to continue to support this show, um, that will kind of tell me a lot about whether to continue it or not, how much support I get, not just financial support, but I'd love to hear from you by email, handgunworld at gmail.com, handgunworld at gmail.com. Give me your thoughts. And I don't mind candid thoughts. I don't mind the truth. So if there's something that I do that, that irritates you or you don't like, let me know about it. If there's something that I do that you like, let me know about it. And I'm going to read through those. I'm going to do, obviously, I'm going to finish today's episode. I'm going to do next week's episode. And then I will decide on the 12th of February. It's probably 50-50 right now. Um, maybe leaning a little bit more towards continuing the show, but I've accomplished what I set out to do back in 2009 when I first started this. I have made some lifelong lasting friendships. I have learned so much from everybody who's been a guest on this show, an interview guest. And I'll tell you what, if you want to learn something, one of the best ways to learn it is to practice it and to present it and teach it. Presenting it and teaching it. When I say present and teach, I mean do a show like this. Put together an episode uh, and do this. Do this every week. 30 to 45 minutes. Pick a subject. And you'd be surprised how much you have to prepare and how much it takes and how much work that this takes for you to do. But you're going to learn. You're going to learn immensely. Go teach a subject. Go teach something. Um, first, I learned the art of shooting. And that's what. And what did I do? I just went out and shot a lot. I did a lot of competition. I did a lot of training, training classes. I did a lot of practicing at a at a good range. And then I started sharing my ideas. And then when I would learn from somebody else, I'd share it again. And when I learned from somebody else, I'd share it again. And at the same time, I was learning. Um, it was creating the internalization that people need to be able to learn some learn something so teach it or present it and you'd be amazed how much you learn so the main subject again i'd like to hear from you handgunworld at gmail.com or voicemails would be great 210-646-1727 210-646-1727 and i may have a voicemail that i'm going to analyze a little bit later in this episode okay analyzing your concealed carry system the reason i say system is because people tend to just focus on the gun it's all about the gun these days you know and uh, shot show is just wrapping up just finishing and there's so much news coming out of shot show and just every all the time, manufacturers are trying to get you to buy equipment, 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 equipment. And there's nothing wrong with buying equipment. And that's good. You got to have it, but you need to get the right equipment. What is the right equipment? Now, I'm going to talk about that. It varies a little bit per person. You know, obviously, it's going to vary a little bit per person. But Reliable equipment. Let me start with the gun, but I'm going to talk a whole lot more about your concealed carry system. A whole lot more about other things, too. Not only the gun. Sure, it starts with the gun. You need to pick a firearm that is 
comfortable for you to shoot, affordable for you to shoot, reliable for you to shoot. And that's probably number one on the list. So reliability, comfortable, comfortability, okay, that's the word I'm looking for. Reliability, comfortability, and affordability. If you can have those three things, if it's reliable, comfortable, and easy, and affordable, that's the gun for you. It doesn't matter what brand. It doesn't matter what style. It doesn't matter what system. It doesn't matter whether it's a semi-automatic or a revolver or a 1911 or a double-action, single-action, traditional type of firearm. It does not matter. I don't think the gun matters really that much. Now, you know me, if you've been following me for a long time, I've carried and shot lots of firearms, uh, lots of different types of firearms. As a matter of fact, many of you may not know this, but I started on a SIG, a SIG P226, double action, single action. That's when I started shooting for quite some time, about a year. Then I moved heavily into 1911s. Some of you might find it surprising that I was in the 1911s for a long time. I still love 1911s. I think they're great. I've been mislabeled as a 1911 hater. <laughs> That's a mislabel. I'm not a 1911 hater. They just are not the optimal gun for me, but they might be for you. And I had two Kimber 1911s. Oh, oh, Bob, I can't believe that. They're terrible, right? Kimbers are awful. Mine were not. My two Kimbers were great. They were not awful. They were very reliable. They were fantastic shooters. I invested a lot of money into them, but they were 45 ACP, and I just did not want to stick with the 45. Then I moved into Glocks many, 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 many years. I shot Glocks, and then I then I went to Smith & Wesson M&Ps, shot M&P for a while, and then I recently discovered two brands that work very very well for me for small guns i love the sig p365 series they're just fantastic for big guns i like the shadow systems guns they're everything a glock should be they're just a better glock that's all that's what they really are they're just a whole lot better glock and you got to pay a little extra for them but but I love those. So those are my bigger guns, and SIG P365s are my smaller guns, occasionally a Glock 42. Now, that's the gun. So get a gun that works for you, but there's a lot more. When I used to do a lot of training classes with Ben Branham, and we used to teach beyond concealed carry, Ben and I would go out on the road many years. We did it, I think, a little over 10 years. We would have students that came to our class, and I saw this once when I was teaching for Suarez International back in the day, but mostly at some of the uh, beginner-type level classes that we taught. People did not have the right belt. You need to have the right belt for concealed carry, and I learned this the hard way. Now, right now, as I'm doing this podcast, I am wearing a Wilderness Tactical Instructor's Belt. And it's great. And this is my second one. I love it. It's just a fantastic concealed carry belt. And I'm a huge fan of the infinitely adjustable belts. 
In other one, in other words, the belts that don't have belt loops, belt, you know, that don't have holes that the that the buckle goes through. I'm talking about the adjustable, the infinitely adjustable belts. They are so important for concealed carry because they allow you, based on the gun you're using and the holster you're using, they allow you to adjust the tension. And that is vitally important. And people say, well, Bob, those, um, those tactical style looking wilderness tactical belts, they're ugly. Well, I got two solutions for that. First of all, I want to ask if, if you think that someone's concealed carry belt is ugly. Here's a question I have. If they're using an untucked shirt and you can't see the belt, what's the difference? What, what's the problem? If it's ugly, you can't see it. They got an untucked shirt. Okay? So that's one. The other is there are good-looking concealed carry belts. Uh, my... My belt that I wear when I have to conceal carry, but it's got to be good looking. In other words, I'm pocket carrying is what I'm doing because I'm, I'm doing business, all right? I'm, I'm making business calls or I'm on a business trip. And so I have to be business casually dressed. I use a uh, horsehide leather belt that I got from Concealment Solutions about five years ago. And uh, they are, they're a former sponsor, and their horsehide concealed carry dress belts are awesome. I got the brown, brown one, and it's, it's great. So that is my, my good-looking concealed carry belt when, when somebody needs to see it, and I need it to look good. But I don't wear that most of the time. It's my Wilderness Tactical Instructor's Belt. I also have an Aries Gear very very stiff concealed carry belt and uh, boy they're pricey but they are really good Aries gear uh, I'll put a link to wilderness tactical and Aries gear in the show notes Th these are just my two preferences there's a ton of belts but get a belt that is designed for concealed carrying a gun don't put on an ordinary leather belt that you bought at the mall or something that somebody gave you as a dress belt for Christmas. Don't wear a canvas belt if it's not a concealed carry belt. We had students come to our classes with either real flimsy leather belts or real flimsy Walmart, you know, canvas belts that are not meant for concealed carry. And it caused all kinds of problems for them in the class. One time we had to loan a student a proper belt. Okay, I had one that just happened to fit him, and it worked out real good. So pay attention to your belt. Next, analyze your holster. What holster do you use? Holsters are also very important. You can have a really nice gun, and if you put it in a cheap Uncle Mike's type holster that that is really not a good holster, and there's many of them that are not good, uh, you're going to cause problems. Okay, This is a system that you use to defend yourself, folks. And I want to ask you a question. Don't you think that when you're defending yourself, you need to have the best? I mean, your life is worth the best, isn't it? is it not? So even if you only have to buy one holster or one belt, even if that's all you can afford, get the best. 
and get a holster meant for good concealed carry. Now, right now I'm using a Concealment Solutions All Kydex Outside the Waistband Cobra holster. Most of the time, that's all I use. Most of the time, I'm carrying strong side hip outside the waistband. Now, I can get away with outside the waistband carry because my shirt is loose enough. I can dress this way for almost everything that I do. I live in South Texas, and in South Texas, it's pretty gun-friendly around here. People, uh, people are not going to get freaked out, and I probably won't get in trouble if somebody notices I have a gun that I'm carrying. I don't think I'm going to get in any trouble for that. Uh, not here. It's pretty gun-friendly. Now, there are places where I sometimes go to that um, people might get a little upset if they find out, but they don't. Carrying a small gun outside the waistband, and when I say a small gun, my P365 XL, my Shadow Systems MR920, sometimes a regular P365, outside the waistband is no problem. And if you have the right outside the waistband holster, like the Cobra from Concealment Solutions, it's great. There's lots of them out there. A lot of people like to carry inside the waistband. A lot of people like to carry a real good quality inside the waistband leather belt. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's good quality. As long as it supports the gun. As long as the mouth of the holster, the, the top side, stays open. When you draw the gun, that holster should stay open. It should not collapse into your body when you draw the pistol. That's one test of a good holster. Another test of a good holster. It should be custom formed for your gun. It should be custom made for your gun. And listen to this. When I put this firearm into the Concealment Solutions Cobra holster, I hope you heard that click. It clicks into place. And it is, the retention is great. Now, this is not a, a good retention holster. This is not something you would want to open carry. It's not that kind of a retention level holster. But this thing stays in the holster. This gun, I'm turning it upside down right now. I'm shaking it. The gun is not coming out at all. So that's another test. Put the gun in your holster. Turn it upside down and shake it. That gun should not come out of there. It completely, 100%, covers the trigger guard. That's another test of a good holster. It has to completely, 100%, cover the trigger guard. Okay? It's got to have the right kind of clips on the holster so that it holds it tight against your body, especially if you're going to outside the waistband carry. Now, inside the waistband carry, of course, naturally holds it into your body, but... A good quality inside the waistband holster. Some people like to use all kydex inside the waistband. I, I don't like using all kydex inside the waistband. I also don't like hybrid holsters. I just don't. I don't like the crossbreed type hybrid holsters or the Comptac hybrid holsters or whatever's out there. I'm not a big fan of them. I think they're big. I think they're bulky. I think they're uncomfortable. Um, I like either an all-kydex holster out the, outside the waistband or a leather holster inside the waistband, a good quality leather holster. 
And uh, you can send me an email if you want to know what kind of uh, leather holsters that I recommend. I, I really don't want to do a whole lot of advertising for companies that, you know, that don't take care of me when I advertise for them. But there's a lot of good quality uh, leather holsters. I also like when I appendix carry, of course, I like the Keeper's Concealment products. You know, and I have, uh, I got two Keeper's Concealment holsters. Now, they are all Kydex, but they are built in such a way that makes appendix carry extremely, extremely comfortable and, and practical and easy. So, you got to analyze the holster, the belt, the gun. Now, what about your extra magazines? Magazine carriers. Let me talk about that. Let me talk about magazine carriers. Extra magazine pouches. First of all, I must pay tribute and honor to the late Mark Housekeeper. The founder of Magholder uh, recently passed away. We lost him due to ALS. It's kind of a sensitive subject for me, ALS, because that's how I lost my first wife of 23 years. She battled ALS for almost four years and passed on in 2017. Of course, I'm very happy again, um, remarried with, with a couple of stepkids, but I'm telling you what, ALS um, is just so horrible. We lost, the, we lost James Yeager to that as well in this industry but i like mag holders magholder.com magholder.com they are horizontal mag carriers i believe in concealed carry carrying extra magazines horizontal most people do it vertically i don't like that but you can do it. i mean if it works for you carry them vertically that's fine i can conceal easier carrying them horizontally they line right up with my belt the the magazines are parallel to my belt um, the magazines in most of my guns are not really all that big even if I do carry a big magazine all right even if I'm carrying a 17 round you know magpul magazine or a 17 round glock magazine in one of my shadow systems guns carrying it horizontally conceals it better and it's it's not slower it's just as fast Maybe sometimes even faster. So check out the Mag Holder products. Magholder.com. I got a couple of old um, vertical, I mean old horizontal mag carriers uh, from Dale Fricky back in the day. But that's my preferred concealed carry method. Now, when I go shoot competition, IDPA, AASA, USPSA, whatever, uh, then I'll use a vertical mag carrier. Because I can put three of them on my belt close to each other. And that, that's an advantage to have all those magazines on my belt when I'm shooting a competition match. But for concealed carry, I'm usually only carrying one extra magazine and I'm doing it vertically. You can go to my YouTube channel, Handgun World on YouTube. Please go subscribe to my YouTube channel if you have not. I've got videos on there about vertical uh, carry for... Uh, I mean, excuse me, horizontal, horizontal, uh, why, it's, why it's an advantage, and I demonstrate why it's an advantage. Also, for all you Patreon members that support me, I have real good videos on there about 
why I use horizontal magazine carriers. So check that out. Become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash handgunworld. Okay, the final part of analyzing a concealed carry system that I want to talk about is ammunition. Now, ammunition. Boy, I've shot almost everything under the sun. <laughs> I've shot a lot of different types of ammo. First of all, for those of you kind of new at this, if you're new to firearms or new to concealed carry, especially new to handguns, use good quality hollow points. And good quality hollow points would be, now I'm talking 9mm, because that's my preferred carry round, and I'm going to explain why. One of my favorites is Federal HST Standard Pressure. I don't like the HST Plus P's. Uh, the 124 grain 9mm HST by Federal is just fine. They're excellent rounds. They're excellent. It's excellent ammunition. It's got plenty of effectiveness, plenty of ballistic effectiveness. Uh, people have ballistic tested this ammo so many different ways. You can see videos and read articles about it. I like it. I've tested it. It's good. For larger guns, I like the Federal HST 9mm 147 grain. So I like to use the 124 grain for smaller guns, even 115 grain if I can find it. Uh, not in Federal brand, but in others like Corbon in uh, Hornady. So, and, and the Hornady is another good round. I have the Hornady uh, Critical Duty, not the Critical Defense, Critical Duty, and I like that. 9mm, 135 grain, I believe it is. Another good round. I also really like Spear Gold Dots. Um, the standard pressure, Spear Gold Dot Hollow Points. I got right here in front of me a box of the Plus P's, and... I'm gonna. Sh I got about like 12 or 13 left. I'm gonna shoot those. I'm gonna go practice at the range with those, so I can get some practice in with my concealed carry. But I'm not gonna get the the Spear Gold Dot 124 grain plus P's anymore. I'm just gonna get the regular 124 grain hollow points. When I carry a 380, which is not very often, but sometimes I do, I like the Federal HST 99 grain 380. And it's standard pressure. Again, it's not plus P. So again, 99 grain. Uh, so, and you know why I picked these rounds? There's there's a few reasons why I picked this ammo. Okay. First of all, your gun has to like the ammo if you're shooting a semi-automatic. If you're shooting a revolver, that's a, a really good advantage of shooting and carrying a revolver. They're certainly not as ammo fussy as a semi-automatic. Now, good guns out there like the Glocks, like the M&Ps, the SIG 365 series, you know, they pretty much eat up and shoot anything that you stick in the magazines. As long as the gun's well-maintained, it's lubricated, your magazines are in good shape, the gun's in good shape, they're going to eat those up and they're going to shoot those out. Shoot pretty much anything. But the Federal HSTs, my guns, all of them that I have, they like that ammo. I don't have any malfunctions with that. Also, the Spear Gold Dots. I don't have any malfunctions. Uh, 
this this ammunition I'm talking about it does not recoil a lot. That's one reason why I don't like the plus P's. They recoil a little bit too much. And I don't think that the extra ballistics on a plus P is worth the extra recoil. Okay, that's kind of my preference. I would rather have a little bit lower recoil and be a little bit more effective shooting the gun than something that recoils too much. Especially with the smaller guns. You know, the the little smaller guns just, I mean, they really kick like crazy when you shoot the plus P ammo. The bigger guns, you know, not quite so much, but the smaller guns, especially like a J-frame revolver, you know, you got plus P ammo in there or 357 Magnum ammo. Oh, man, those things are ridiculous. They're a beast to shoot. So how about try, try some 38 special standard pressure? Uh, that are non-plus P, they're just regular hollow points, 38 special. Much more pleasant to shoot. On, I was on Facebook uh, earlier today. My, um, I was looking through my feed, and Steve Moses, I'm going to give Steve Moses a shout-out. I met Steve once way back in the day. He probably doesn't even remember meeting me, but it was like, I think, 13 or 14 years ago. Um but he just put up a good post on the Federal 327 Ruger LCR revolver. Wow, what a cool setup. I think I may have to maybe get one of those. I've heard good things about the the Ruger Ruger LCRs in 327 Federal Magnum. And I think you can shoot 32 long Smith and Wesson long. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think you can and those are pretty pleasant shooting. So it probably makes that little Ruger LCR revolver much more pleasant to shoot. And I'm sure those rounds are effective enough. I mean, you know, you got to think about it. I'll trust my life sometimes to a 380. I don't have any problem with that. And, you know, people can disagree with me all they want. And, you know, if, if you do, it, yeah, I'll tell you what, if you're a listener and you've got a really solid reason why 380 is no good. I'd love to hear about it. Email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. Send me a voicemail, 210-646-1727. Put it up on Facebook, whatever. I'd like to see because there have been a lot of people that have defended themselves with a 380 handgun. All right, because that's all they had. Now, am I saying that your your primary home defense weapon or your primary carry weapon should be a 380? No, I, I would say 9mm or a little larger. But if you have to carry a 380, like I sometimes have to carry a small little pocket gun, like my G Glock 42 or Ruger LCP2 that I talked about last week when I did an episode on pocket pistols, I don't mind with some good quality ammo. There's another ammo manufacturer called Precision One that makes real good 380 ammo. But Federal HST, Spear Gold Dot, I got some Spear Gold Dot 380 as well. Um, I got confidence in that. Now, why 9mm? Oh, the big caliber debate, right? 9mm versus 40 versus 45. Probably a question that is a silly, silly argument. Not one that people should be wasting their time on. You know what's better? 9mm 40 or 45? Yes. Yes, whichever one you choose. Yes. Yes, they're all good. Okay? I choose 9mm 
because with today's modern ammo that I just talked about, with most of the good ammo that I just mentioned, the ballistics is fantastic uh, with 9mm. They have really improved. 380 ammunition has improved so much over the years. Its ballistics are so much better that there's not much of a difference. No, I said 380. I meant 9mm. There's not much of a difference between 9mm and 40 and 45. Not enough difference. Yes, there's some difference. Before you guys start emailing me and saying, Bob, you're a clown, definitely there's there's ballistics differences between 9, 40, and 45. I know, I'm a clown. Yes, there's difference. But there's not enough. Because the 9mm round is so effective. That's why it's the most popular caliber in America or the world today. And here's the next thing, capacity. It's another reason why I carry 9mm. The capacity of the handguns is, def is generally more. It's generally higher as compared to a 40 or a 45. My P365, for example, um, a 10-round flush-fitting magazine, a 12-round extended magazine. I can put 15-round mags. I can put 17-round mags in this thing. I can't do that if I'm carrying 45. Um, I can't find a gun the size of a 365 or a Glock 43X or a Springfield Hellcat that holds that many rounds of 45. I can't. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to shoot it much. You know, a tiny little gun like that with 45. I remember back in the day when car arms were real popular. I had a chance to shoot a car arms. I think it was a P45. I think that's what it is. Small, little, real thin, single stack 45. And that thing was a monster. Uh, you know, it, it just, it sucked to shoot. No fun. No fun at all. You know, your gun's got to be fun to shoot so you can practice and train with it. I'm a big believer in that. A, a big believer in that. Your handgun, e even shotguns and rifles for that matter, they should be pleasant to shoot. That is why the AR-15 is so popular. It's a pleasant gun to shoot. Easy to shoot. High capacity. Okay? ARs may not be the best caliber of rifle. 223, I'm saying. 223 is not the best, probably the absolute best uh, caliber to defend yourself with. Yeah, you might want to have a 308 or a 30-06 or a 7-millimeter mag, right? Or even a, a 6.8 or whatever. Yeah, you'd probably rather have that. But, you know, 30-round mags in a, two, in a, in a AR-15 chambered in 5.56, 223, that's a great setup. It's easy. Beginners can pick up their rifle, and I just proved it. I proved it two months ago. I had some relatives visiting us, my wife's relatives, that never shot before. Never shot before. I started them off with a Glock 19 handgun and one of my AR-15s with 223 ammo. And they just succeeded well. They had a great time shooting it. They, they succeeded. They had a lot of fun. What if with these brand new shooters, what if I would have put a 357 Magnum snub nose revolver in their hand? What if I'd have done that and I'd say, shoot this thing? 
<laughs> I bet they'd fire two or three rounds and they'd say, Bob, this this sucks. I'm done. I'm done. Forget forget shooting handguns. Forget concealed carry. I'm not I'm not going to be into the uh, into this because of the way this gun shoots. Right? What if the rifle I gave him was a thirty out six bolt action? They probably would have hated me for doing that. So, you know, when you pick a caliber, especially if you're new. Pick a caliber easy for you to shoot. The most popular in the world for handguns, 9mm. 9mm. For an AR-15, yeah, .223-556. I mean, I think you're well served if you have those two. If you got a 9mm handgun, an AR in .223-556, and a 12-gauge shotgun, you're fine. You're fine. And you you can buy real light recoiling loads for a 12-gauge, and those can be fun as well. Semi-automatic, 12-gauge with, with light loads but strong enough to run the gun. It, it, that's, that's what's called good shooting. That's how you pick your calibers. And they will serve you well. Talk to any ballistics expert and say they'll serve you well. And talk to doctors. Talk to doctors, ER doctors especially, and ask them about caliber. Uh, I bet they treat a lot of people shot with 9mm and 380s and 22s, okay? And they have a lot of emergency room cases that are critical because people were hit by those rounds. Now, we as concealed carriers, our goal is simply to stop the attacker. If the attacker loses his or her life in the process of you trying to stop them from killing you, well... That's just too bad. You know, they should not have picked on you. And you guys know I'm a Christian. So I'm a Jesus Christ follower. And I see no problem with defending my life. And I see no biblical problem. I see no spiritual or religious problem with defending my life or the life of a family member who's about to be killed. I see no Christian problem with that. And I don't want to kill the person, but it depends on what I got to do to stop them. You know, if if I have to shoot multiple times because I got to stop them, or if there's more than one, if there's two or three, four people ganging up on me, I got to do what it takes. And I hope you have that mindset as well. So what's your choice of caliber and why? I'd like to hear. And uh, again, uh, you know, voicemail me or send me an email or whatever. What's your choice? But I, I highly recommend nine millimeter for nine millimeter for for handguns. And I already told you about you know rifles and shotguns. I'm not as good with rifles and shotguns as I am with handguns. So that's why I talk more about it. And that's why this is the Handgun World podcast. So that's all I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, I do have a voicemail. I got two voicemails. So I will make those part of next week's episode. There's some voicemails I want to comment on that I received. So anything I receive between now and next weekend, I will comment on and I'll play the voicemails and I'll talk about them on next week's episode. Back to the beginning of this episode. Again, give me your feedback. Would you like to see the show continue? Would you be all right if I decided to hang up my cleats and and retire the show? What's your thought? 
do you not care, but you want to give me something to think about? <laughs> That's fine, too. Uh, send me some comments. If, if you don't give a rip one way or the other, whether I keep going or whether I don't, just just tell me. I'd like to get some listener feedback at this point. Okay, everything I just said, I, I hope you got something from it. So, I will close with this. I want to thank you once again for listening to The Handgun World Podcast. This is episode 617. I am Bob Main, and I am encouraging you to shoot straight, shoot safe, and read your Bible every day. I'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye. They back me